Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Bible is full of truths that we can grab onto in our time of need. God speaks to us through His Word. One promise Pastor J.D. reminds us of today is that nothing can come against us when we know Jesus. He is our defender, our rock, and our protector. Stand firm in Jesus and you will be victorious. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 26, 2021. A second very well-known promise that we, in fact, it's probably even better known, and it's in chapter 55 about how God's ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so too are His ways higher than ours. Nor are His thoughts our thoughts. How does that tie in to no weapon forged against you will prosper? I'm so glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you. No weapon forged against God's people will prosper, but... <laughs> The way God's going to do it is not the way we think. In the end, He will have the final word, but it's not the way we think. It's not the way we would anticipate, because His ways are not our ways. Can, Can we just think this through for just a moment, just real quick, if you don't mind? Could you imagine if God thought the way we think? Think about that. How scary would that be if our thoughts were God's thoughts and our ways were God's ways? First of all, we would be in deep kimchi. Secondly, He would not be God. He is infinite. We are finite. And His ways are infinite, too high for our finite understanding. So God, I've got this promise from you. Everything is against me, and you've promised me that no weapon forged against me will prosper. Have you seen these 11 weapons that they are forging against us? Yeah, I did. I knew they were. In fact, that's why I I told you about it before it happens, so that when it happens, you would believe. But I'm also telling you that, yeah, they are forging those weapons against you, but just wait and see what I'm going to do. What's just around the corner? Well, how are you going to do it, Lord? Or better ask, when are you going to do it, Lord? (laughs) Because isn't it true that not only is it not how we think, 
or the way we think. It's not when we think, because God's timing is not our timing. In fact, God is not subject to time. God dwells in eternity. He knows the end from the beginning. (laughs) So here we are trying to figure it out, right? Come on, let's be honest. You're in church. I don't want to show hands, but how many of us are trying to figure out the ways and the whys of God? How's that working out for you? I'll just speak for myself. It's not working out too well for me, because my ways are not His ways. Now, if I were God, this is the way I would do it. (laughs) I would just torch Him right there on the spot, which is why I'm not God. (laughs) You ever ask yourself the question of why it is that when Lucifer exalted himself in heaven and declared that he would be above the Most High God, when he was filled with pride, I will ascend my throne above the Most High. I will, I will. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's eight eyes in there. As one said, the letter I is appropriately placed right smack in the middle of the word pride. So too is it right smack in the middle of the word sin. And so too is the letter I right smack in the middle of Lucifer. So whenever you start saying, I, 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 be careful. (laughs) But do you ever wonder why it is that when Lucifer did that, that God didn't just, just say, really, I created you. You're going to be like that? Zap! Start over. Oh, third of you are with Him? Zap! Why didn't God do that? Well, if God would have done that, could you imagine how that would have changed the complexion of heaven forever? So now instead of serving Him out of love by choice, the whole of heavens, the heavenly host, is now serving Him out of fear. Did you hear what He did to Lucifer the other day? We better watch our P's and Q's, man. He just zapped him and a third of the angels. We better be really careful. And all of a sudden it just changes the whole dynamic. No, it had to run its course. And never imagine that when Lucifer was cast down to the earth, and then as the serpent tempted Eve and deceived Eve, and sin entered the world that Jesus was plan B. That would be almost blasphemy to see it that way. That was God's plan from the very beginning. You don't think that God didn't know that Lucifer was going to do that in heaven? He knew that before He created Lucifer. He knew what Lucifer was going to do. He also knew what Adam and Eve were going to do. He had this plan all along. I say all that to say this, everything is going exactly, precisely, accordingly to God's prophetic plan. Did you imagine if God were caught off guard by something? When did the DHS decide this? 
No, it's just the, the, the proverb says he, he directs the hearts of man like the water flows downstream. It's kind of like he, he's the one, he, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but this is bad. I know. Watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do. You mean it for evil. And I'll go back to Jacob just one more time. I think we do err greatly when we don't see these people as real people like you and me. Jacob was just like us with all the stresses and pressures and and when he hits rock bottom like that, when he says everything is against me, there's almost a subtle, it's not said, but maybe implied that he even thinks maybe God is against him. And make no mistake about it, that's what Satan is all about, is to deceive you and to get you to believe that God is against you. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you're here in this church or watching online and you have any doubt, and maybe the enemy has just gotten away with this, I would really encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. If God is for me, and it says that in the original too, (laughs) if God is for me, No one, no thing, no plan, nothing can be against me, because God is for me. Who or what is going to be, you you want to come against me? (laughs) No weapon forged against me, because God is for me. No one can be against me. In fact, if you want to try to come against me and do like Joseph's brothers, this evil against me, God's going to take it as only He can. I'm not mad. I'm just passionate because this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. God takes that evil plan. Yes. Praise the Lord. God, as only He can. He takes that that is forged against us. He says, oh, this is good. Watch me now. And He just turns it and works it and means it for good. Okay, one last thing and then we'll bring it to an end. I think a textbook example of this is in the book of Esther, one of my favorite books, along with all the other books of the Bible, but today Esther is the favorite. This guy, Haman, demon-possessed, and he got the king to issue an edict, irreversible by the way, to destroy all of the Hebrews. And Mordechai, It's a fascinating story. Who would have ever imagined that it would turn out the way it did in the end? The evil that was plotting, plotted against them. So he gets this edict to kill every single Hebrew. 
and Haman is celebrating this. In fact, he's actually building these gallows. Now, do not imagine these as, you know, hanging someone by the neck with a rope. The gallows that Haman built for Mordechai were a stake straight up that they would impale people on alive. A cruel way to die. That's what he was building. And it just so happens, what a coincidence, right? The king one night can't sleep, so he has them bring him and read him the chronicles, you know, that'll put me to sleep right there. And it just so happens, what a coincidence, what are the odds that they would grab, I can almost see the the hand of the Lord guiding them as they're going through the library to get the scrolls. Which ones are we going to read? The king he can't sleep again. Oh, let's grab that one. No, not that one, this one. Oh, and they go and they read the exact account of when Mordecai uncovered a plot to kill the king. And the king's like, oh, did, did we ever reward this man? That's not here in the record, king. Hey, we got to reward him. And then here's Haman, planning and plotting all night. Shows up early in the morning. And the king says to him, Oh, Haman, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, question. What should be done for the man that the king wants to honor? And here's Haman, so full of himself. Talk about an eye problem. He's thinking, Oh, the king wants to honor me. So what does he do? He says, oh, he describes in great detail, I think he should have the robe, your robe, he should be put on your horse, and he should be paraded through the streets, and they should hail him and praise him. Can you imagine, this is a, these are real people. This really happened. Can you imagine? I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel to see the look on his face when the king turns to him and says, that's perfect. Go do that for Mordecai. <laughs> and you know the whole banquet thing, I don't have time, doesn't permit, but it is so, that's what God's doing now. It's Esther 2, the sequel, <laughs> on a grand global scale. Here's the plot of Haman in this world against us. And God's like, those, those hallows, the, the, the gallows that you're making, in fact in the Proverbs it says, you, you want to set a trap for that man, you're going to fall in that trap that you set. And that's exactly what happened. He ends up getting impaled. I would have loved to have seen that too. Is that bad? <laughs> He's impaled on the very gallows that, that he made. God's going to do that. God is doing that. God is doing that because no weapon forged against us will prosper. Period. End of story. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, I, said, I said I was going to bring it to a close, so let's bring it to a close. You know, this is why we do these updates, right? We don't know when, 
We don't know the way, we don't know how, because His ways are not our ways. But we do know that. We do know that. We don't know when, but we know that by faith. This is why it is so important. In fact, that's Isaiah 55 as well. Seek the Lord while He can be found. Today is the day of salvation. There is no more time. We have to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. And this is why we end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. What are the ABCs? Well, it's a very simple childlike explanation of salvation. It's not a formula. But the A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned and are in need of a Savior. Because if you think about it, unless and until we come to that place where we admit or acknowledge that we've sinned, we're not interested in the Savior. We think we're good enough. And if you ask the average person on the street, are you going to go to heaven? They're going to say, yeah. And if you ask them why, they're going to tell you, basically, I'm a good person. Well, you might be a good person, but Romans 3.10 says you'll never be good enough. There is no one righteous, not even one. And then Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned. We were all born sinners and fall short of the glory of God, which is why we must be born again in order to enter heaven. Romans 6.23 starts with the bad news first, because it's the penalty for that sin, and then quickly offers the good news. What's the bad news? Well, the bad news is the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. And by the way, when, when you say the wages of sin is death, this is eternal for all eternity. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Just believe. It's actually as simple as be. Just believe. And the C, lastly, which comes as a result of the B, when you believe in your heart, you're going to express and confess with your mouth and call upon the Lord. And this is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, and I know for most of you, you hear this every week, but please hear Romans 10.13 with different ears to hear today. Because this is how you can be saved. You just call upon the name of the Lord. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, aren't I supposed to say a prayer a certain prayer a certain way? No. Aren't I supposed to? Maybe I should clean up my act first. Really? That's as absurd as taking a shower before you take a bath. No, He cleans you from the inside out. It's the regeneration work of the Holy Spirit. 
living in you to live a holy life. You come just as you are. Yeah, but pastor, you don't, you don't know what I've done. With all due respect, I don't want to know. <laughs> but God knows, and there's no sin He cannot forgive. The only unforgivable sin is rejecting Jesus Christ and blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's the only sin that cannot be forgiven. Every other sin, yeah, but you don't understand. I, I'm involved in some really sinful stuff. Why do you think Jesus came? Yeah, but it's bad. <laughs> Jesus died for sinners. Jesus paid the price for sinners. He paid the purchase price for your gift of eternal life, and He paid for it in full. On your life, as sinful and as bad as it's been, or is, is stamped in the blood of Jesus Christ, paid in full. Good news. You're free to go. Your debt's been paid. That's what the word gospel means. That's the good news. It's that simple. I implore you, anyone, today is the day of salvation. I implore you. I implore you. I plead with you. Do not delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life. Can I share quickly a but God testimony? Hi JD, this is somewhat of a follow-up message from your but God testimony submitted by Jamie. This is about two, three weeks ago. I am one of the many souls who Jamie has led to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I worked at the same hospital as him, and about two years ago he led me to Christ. Since then I've been watching your videos and updates every week. I have led both my mother and husband to Christ, and continue to teach my young children, five and two, the truth and wisdom that comes from the Bible. This past summer, I knew it wasn't long before the hospital that both Jamie and I worked at was going to mandate the jab. I started searching for a job. Interview after interview, every company I met with was requiring the vaccination. I felt hopeless and stressed because I just knew we couldn't survive off my husband's income alone, but God. I was offered a position within weeks of the hospital mandate at a well-known company in New England. They were willing to pay me more, <laughs> and I would be able to work less. The company did, however, mandate the vaccine, but accepted my religious exemption that I wrote based upon the one you had sent me. I am now able to spend more time with my children, and have since found an amazing local church where both my husband and I were baptized this past October. My son attends their Christian academy within the church, and I'm more than proud to see him come home memorizing Scripture. He tells me he wants to be a pastor one day. We need to talk about that. <laughs> God is truly amazing. He has opened my eyes to the truth that has been hidden from me all my life. I was blind but now I see. Thank you, J.D., for always speaking the truth and love, and God bless you, your family, and your ministry with much love. Brianne. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. 
If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.